0: Hello, ski racing fans, and welcome to the American Downhiller podcast, season two, episode nine. I'm two-time Olympian Doug Lewis, and with me is world championship medalist A.J. Kitt, Chamonix World Cup winner Marco Sullivan, and world champion Darren Rawls is up on the hill at Palisades slipping this crazy powder from the hill to help get the races off this weekend.
1: <laughs> In the cap with the troll, I got Jet Seymour and Luke Winters here, too. All right, boys. Hey, Lou Quintus. <laughs> hey, is, uh, good morning, Mouse. guys. Okay. Hey, Hansi, Hey, what's up, buddy? Nice to see you guys. And Sorry, we can't uh, join you for this uh, podcast. We got some work to do on the mountain. I'm trying to open this, <laughs> open this mountain up for the World Cup boys. You know,
2: a chance this weekend. Oh well, yeah, we're off heading up the mountain. See you, Louie. Thanks, thanks, man. Thanks see you everybody. in Aspen.
0: Hey, we are back from the World Championships, where we saw Marco Odermont get his first downhill victory, which happened to be at the World Championships. And now our focus turns to our next World Cup downhill for the men, which is Aspen. It's returning to Aspen. And our guest today is a special one. He won an Olympic silver in 1998 Nagano Super G. He has two World Championships medals, one in 1999 in Beaver Creek. On the World Cup, he had 237 starts, 27 podiums, and seven World Cup victories, including Alta Badia, Adelboden, Kvitfeld, and Kitzbühel. Yes, we have the Kitzbühel Seeger <laughs> on the show. Please welcome Hans Knaus from Austria.
2: <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hey, Hans. Hans where are hey. you? Hey,
0: did you get to ski today?
2: Uh, yes, I ski today just until uh, lunchtime because it's it's pretty warm at the moment back home in Schladming, but the Planai is still good Machines know, you know it. That's that what still works. <laughs> Behind well, me is uh, the best, you know. You can yeah,
0: see. uh for those of listeners who are not watching, it is green grass at the bottom of Schladming. Yeah. So did you have to mow that's your right, yeah. lawn?
3: <laughs>
2: Not this week, but if I come back home after Aspen, for sure I have to move. But, yeah, I mean, it is like it is not the best winter.
0: Cool. Before we get to Aspen, I want to talk about Team Austria. Um, You know, you were part of Team Austria with the likes of Meyer, Eberharder, uh, Reich, Volkofer, Schipperer, Braun, Strobel. And in (laughs) the your Kitzbühel win... There was eight yeah. Austrians in the top 13. What was it like yeah. to be part of that Austrian team?
2: Yeah, it was, it was a little crazy to be part of this team. Sometimes I'm thinking after, maybe it would be way better for me to be earlier or later on in the team. But the other side is, if you win brutal with all these names, in it, in the demon, it was sunny weather. It was the start on the top. If you win it at this time, you know you we were uh, the best for one day. You know at this day in Kitzbühel. So it was really, really good because Hermann Mayer had at this time number eight. I had number ten, and uh, I break the finish and in the, in the finish area, and then I saw the number one. <laughs> so it was sure for me that, that that I will win Kitzbühel. So that's a great feeling. <laughs>
0: So, our, our American downhiller team was quite small. We got together. We did rookie nights. You know, it was a tight group. Was it stressful being on this team? Or what was the team atmosphere like for the Austrians?
2: You know, it was stressful is the right word. Yeah. Uh, I was sometimes dreaming to be in a smaller team like the Norwegians or the US team. I know Jordan Rouse for nearly my whole life. I know him since the uh, junior championship. And I was always, you know, looking with one eye to this team because you can you can go up in the World Cup uh, way easier than in the Austrian team because I was a giant slalom skier. Then I came to the super G, and then I saw them that I'm still fast also in in downhill, but I didn't get the spot to to race there, you know. But in the other side, it keeps you on pushing to get also into the downhill team. So. Yeah, I take a lot of of risk at this time, and at this time it starts that the downhill's getting turnier and turnier because the material getting better and better. So that was my my goal, to be good in the downhill too.
1: Hans, you know, I'm a couple years older than you, and I came in to the, the, the U.S. ski team and the World Cup as a pure downhiller. I wasn't good in slalom and G.S., and I was coming in, and, yeah. and the likes of Peter Bernsberger and Helmut Hoflander were, uh, were, were established veteran Austrian downhillers at the time. And these were guys that, that, that I looked at as the, the guys I was competing with. And then years later, towards the end of my career, a bunch of these GS guys show up, and they start dominating in downhill. Knauss, Meyer, Eberharder, uh, and, 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 and a bunch of these other guys. What do you think it happened there in the '90s that allowed such a shift from a pure downhiller to be what it takes to be a downhiller to more of a technical skier, um, like you guys that came out of a GS background?
2: You know, it it was for us. Uh, same for Maya Herman. It was way easier, or for Eva Hatta. And for me, it was way easier to win a downhill in Kitzbühel or Beaver Creek to be good there, the technical parts. It was no chance for me in, like in Val d'Isere, the gliding downhill. It was a lot of speed in there or Chamonix. I was always wondering how, how I should ski there to be fast, you know. And so for us, it was to be first good in Super G and then in downhill. That was the step up. And you need a lot of miles on downhill races to getting fast in this long gliding section in these long turns it takes for me nearly three seasons to be fast there so i start 94 95 the first downhills and and then i recognized that it's not just uh, to be good in in flat gliding super gliding you have to be fast in these long long line turns and so that was the problem for us but you know, I think we're pushing up together. Uh, so it was, and exactly this time, they start to prepare all these race course with water injection and chemicals that is really icy. And, and that was good for us, the good technical skiers.
1: So yeah, the, the, the course has changed a lot, didn't they? They got a little bit turnier. Yeah, and it, and yeah. It, yeah all that stuff favored a- more technical skiers.
2: That's right, yeah. AJ, I promise you, it was exactly when you finished in the World Cup, that the downhill gets to change the next three years, I, I recognize because you don't. You talk about. I, I watched you on 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 TV. H A Kid. Uh, also, the name it was famous for us here, you know, and you were also a, a really really good glider. I remember, and these guys like Helmut Hoefle and Leonhard Stock and all these oldies in the Austrian team, they were the the real downhillers. Really fast down the hill, the straightest line, you know, and then it starts to getting really dirty.
0: Yeah. Marco, he mentioned Valdez and Chamonix, and we've got AJ Kit and Sully uh, champions there.
4: Hans, what you were just talking about, like the actual turns of downhill and versus GS, Super G. Like, I've always thought the Austrians were so fundamentally sound, like, you're so good at the fundamentals of, of racing compared to. The, the American team, um, like what? Why do you think? Where Where did you learn those fundamentals when you were a kid? Like, do you was your regimen really structured on on the technical aspects of skiing, or
2: how How did that happen?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so for me, you know, where I grew up, we we host eighty two the first time the the World Championship in Schladming. I remember Phil and Steve Mayer. Steve Mayer won the giant slalom I have in my head. I think the giant slalom, Ingemar Stenmark was there, and, and for sure the crazy Canucks at this time, really strong. And also the US team. And, and for me, it was for sure I was 11 in the age, uh, 82. So for me, it was sure to be, to, uh, that was my dream to be a skier, you know, World Cup skier. And I grew up there with a lot of in, in really steep pistes for training, and that makes you really a technical skier more than than, than to be just downhill, you know. But then uh, it was for me for sure when I saw '84 Franz Klama, Rash Steiner, uh, they had a victory in Kitzbühel. Three Austrians on the top. It was for me sure once I will be there in Kitzbühel. And, and then I start also um, with downhill training after age of 15, you know, uh, before it was not allowed for us. And it was for me always a dream, but I didn't have the physical stuff with me. I, um, I was too small to be a downhiller. And that's why I started first with, with giant slalom skiing. And maybe afterward, it, w- it was good for my career because I had a really, really good technique I mean, if you win in Adelboden, you need to have a technique, And that helps me a lot also in downhill, but just in the technical part. And I remember you, Marco Sullivan, shocked us. We had a shock moment with Sullivan in Beaver Creek a long time ago in the training. You came there as a young boy and uh, the US team and the Austrian team, we had to get a downhill training on the top of Beaver Creek. Not the downhill race course, Birds of Prey, but the left one. And you shocked us uh, in, I think it was one minute downhill, and I lost in the, that was begin uh, in the end of November, and I lost uh, in this one minute, maybe three or four seconds, I was <laughs> behind you, but every trainings run. And we didn't know how it works, you know You were so unbelievable, fast in gliding. And then we, after two days, we came into two seconds behind Sullivan. You remember that? <laughs> Oh, I remember that. I I didn't know how it worked either. I was like, <laughs> I was still. So, that was and, my and first from, World Cup yeah. team, and I came in. Yeah, yeah and, and 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 we said, I mean, this Sullivan is unstoppable, unstoppable. We said, you know, and I mean, it it was one week or two weeks before the World Cup race in Beaver Creek, so we had a really. Stress moment in our team. <laughs> that, that's really nice to hear that I stressed out. Yeah, I don't, I don't forget that. I don't <laughs> forget. We watched video and everything and said, so the new generation is here. <laughs> that was that a boy,
4: so.
1: yeah, I
2: think I had some fast skis that that training session. No, no, n- n- not just fast skis. <laughs> and I think if you come back now in a downhill uh, in gliding, I think there is maybe maybe one or two guys can compete with you in gliding it's unbelievable so talk
0: we're talking you're talking about stress Hans talk about being on the Austrian team and do you remember races where you did not podium in a downhill and did your coaches get on you like what was the stress of being an Austrian and not winning or not
2: podium you know, that the problem, the stress, it was always, if you're not on the podium, it was for sure that you will not compete at the next World Championship or Olympic team. You know, that was the problem. You have to win a race or to be always in the top three to be part of the Olympic team. And that's, that was really, really stress in the head because it's not funny. You want to compete in big events. You want to get the chance there. And that was always really, really tough because... You said that the group with Hermann Meyer, with Eberhard, and, and myself, that was the World Cup 3 that was like a combination team between the technical and the downhill team. And we were in the, we sit in the middle and then was the downhill team. And we, we had a, so a, a huge fight between these teams to get these spots in giant slalom or to get the, the spot also at the speed event. And that was sound like, sometimes like uh, two or three different countries fighting, you know, it was not just funny. It was really a lot of concurrent in this team, you know, and fight also between the coaches. And it was not just funny, but it, it makes us fast. That was the only good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pressure makes diamonds, doesn't it? um yeah so c- compare compare that to today right we just got done with the world championships and I don't think Austria won a gold medal at the whole world, right no no what's, that's a drama what's, a drama yeah, what's changed going on.
2: what's changed? Yeah, it's changed I think uh whew, a lot of things changed the the theme blowing up getting a lot of coaches and a lot of things you know preparation going on uh, uh I think in my mind it's too much you know because you have to race and ski by yourself and alone down the hill. That's the good thing. And, you know, they, they blow, blow the team up the last 10, 15 years. And now it's, it's over. So we have to change something there. That's for sure. And, um, yeah, it's, we talked about that we're pushing up together. And now we have enough spots. Sometimes we can't find enough like at the Junior World Championship, to, that we have four or five strong people on the start. And we are not used to handle this problem, you know? And in Austria is skiing like a religion, you know? And if we lose, it's a drama, it's, it's, it's yeah. Uh, and maybe the difference, like if you are strong with the US team, everyone is, is happy and you go back home And it's, yeah, it's way easier to live in US if you go back home after Olympics or the World Championship, and if you lose or if you go home. As an Austrian, there's so much pressure on the team and they have to learn to handle this, you know? We, yeah, I don't know the the, the word now, but um, yeah, one is for sure. We, some things, we were not strong enough at the training and everything the last years. We missed some things. The power of the team. We had in the team many small teams and that's not the concurrent you need to get up you
1: know. I have a funny story when I you know when I came into the World Cup you know with the through the 80s all the, the legendary Austrians right and I came in and I observed in my early part of my career that it was all business right the Austrian guys were always very serious always training harder than everybody else and they had the success. Well, last year, now I'm coaching my son a little bit, and and we were in South America. We have a small group, and the Austrian men's Europa Cup speed team was down there training. Christian Perner, coach, had like eight or 10 Austrian guys. Same thing. Just these guys are all business, very rigid, very serious, training hard, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing. Well, one of the guys had a birthday when they were down there, and, and they partied and had a great time, and I thought, oh, this is so nice to see the 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 Austrians are loosening up a little bit and they had some fun, which was great. And then the next day we trained GS with the group and um, they set a course, the toughest course ever. And Perner was punishing the boys (laughs) because they had a a lot of fun the night before partying for a birthday. And it was the most difficult, turniest, tightest GS course (laughs) ever. And the guys were absolutely punished. He made them run 10 runs. And so no. I was, it was nice to see kind of the yin yeah. and the yang, you know, a little bit of looseness, but it's still, you know, the next day it yeah. reminds me that it's still a serious thing in Austria. That's typical. So, that That's
2: typical. That's what my coach always said. If you can drink, you can train next day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that was proven for sure in South <laughs> America. <this> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: But, you know, maybe I see it like this, that we were so strong that was for sure that that will come another time in the team and if you lose then you lose way more than you think before that you can lose and now they have to to get back up but you know we had Hirscher and at this time Hirscher won every race nearly uh, it seems and at this time we had really they focused the the boss uh, and all the coaches focused on Hirscher focused on these victories in the Austrian team but they didn't they put way too much energy on the top of the team and not on the juniors, and that—that's what we feel now and we see now the result. You know,
1: not enough focus on the juniors, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. to. That's
1: they up and if
2: they are good in World Cup, they know how it, uh, how to handle to to win a race to be good in World Cup. But you have to focus as a team, as a big team like the Austrian team. You have to focus on the juniors because mm-hmm. then. You get the nature pressure from behind, and you know the feeling how it is if the young ones are coming.
1: <laughs> I do. I'm looking yeah. right at you, Marco. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: Hansi, <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been the you know, commentator uh, for so long now. I mean, I think you're really respected in the whole industry and in yeah. Austria, of course. Like, do you talk about these things on online or on, during the race, or do you just stick to talking about the skiing?
2: Yeah, no, no, now we talk about that for sure. Uh, I was on a TV show last week, so we talked about this, the problems in the in the Austrian team, and also the problem that we didn't catch a gold medal. It was the first time after weights 1987. It was the last we had the last world championship with a Montana. gold medal. Yeah, Grom Montana, that's right and so for sure we talk about a lot about this and the newspaper newspapers are full with it you know that we lose that we are not the ski nation number one anymore and yeah we have to respect it and but for me as a commentator is skiing not just austria i know that maybe you you think ah in austria we just watch on the austrian team no we we are big fans and that's the good thing in austria the the austrian people watch they love to, to watch skiing on tv and they are huge fans of Bode Miller of the US team or Ted Ligety and all the norwegian and all like now the Odomat. they have a lot of fans in austria and that's the good thing that we love the sport and if i commentate it doesn't really it's not so necessary for me that the austrians uh, for sure that we'll uh, have to focus on them if we commentate. But for me, is a good race way more important than that we win or lose, you know? I want to commentate a cool, cool, good race. And that's what I did the last 18 years. And it's it will be still my line what I do the next 10 years for sure.
0: Hey, Doug Lewis here. If you've ever dreamed of traveling to Venget or Kitzbühel to watch the classic World Cup downhills, then the ADL Ski Club is for you. Their small group trips are geared for passionate skiers and race fans. They take you to the heart of ski racing's biggest races at the Lauberhorn, Hanenkam, and in Schladming. This year, American downhiller, AJ Kidd is leading the group to Kittspiel, and they have a ton of special access to the races, parties, and athletes that make this World Cup unique among all professional sports. Even though this year's trips are both sold out, Now, right now is the perfect time to get your name on the list for next year's trips. Visit ADLSkiClub.com. That's ADLSkiClub.com and reach out to them to secure your spot. Rumor has it that I might
1: even be joining them for one of these trips soon. Do you consider the slalom at the World Championships a good race? Was that a fun race to commentate? Uh, I
2: didn't commentate the slalom because it was super, but... The second run, it it was crazy, and and uh, AJ Guinness, I'm a a big fan (laughs) of him. I mean, it was it was really funny, and Uh, this this run, oh my god, I'm happy, I'm I'm happy that I'm not a slalom (laughs) skier.
1: I felt so bad for Manny. I mean, before the race, I'm like, okay, Manny can redeem himself for Kitzbühel and Schladming if he goes and wins, and then he wins the first run, and then second run came the way it was, and I was just like, oh, that poor guy. So. But when I saw the
2: this really difficult journey second run, uh, it was nearly not sure for me, but I, I was not 100% sure how, how it will work for money. And so he's a really funny guy, good guy, and we hold the dumps for him. But yeah, at this time it doesn't work. And so it was a, a, the biggest story on TV. It was because uh, AJ Guinness made the silver medal that was the story uh the cool. next days on on the newspaper and on on tv <laughs> yeah
0: that was very cool it, it goes back to development and all the problems with all our teams they focus on the best the Hirscher, the shiffrin's whatever and i yeah. we all think we all know that that development gets thrown out like we don't need it we're just going to focus on our heroes and and it pays yeah. and there's aj Guinness coming back from
1: great
2: everything thick knee injuries I mean normally you say no no way no more skiing you know but and these are the good stories you said I mean we know everything about michaela Schifrin. we know everything about and Odomat. you hear everything about these guys but there are a lot of other skiers I love I love to see them uh, on the top of the podium or being good in the world championships because it not uh, ski racing it's just not just we have not just one here in in the women's team or not just one here in the men's team. So, uh, the world cup lives with guys like genius.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Good story. But by the way, you were asking me earlier about the world cup dreams. So AJ Guinness is a guy that got funding from world cup dreams. So, you know, he's one of their big success stories now because he, he's back on the top. That's cool. Yeah, and a, that work
2: a- that that works. Uh, I I checked it out. That works in U.S. way better. This foundation and stuff, and, and this like like here in Europe now it starts a little bit. But if you jump out of the Austrian team here, the most time it it's done. And so it's a good program, and so you can see how how it could work, and that's motivation for a lot of other people.
0: All right, let's turn our attention to Aspen, the next World Cup. That was my first ever World Cup in 1981. I was 17 years old. I weighed about a I weighed about 10 pounds, but uh that was my first race. AJ, uh, you have a special story with Aspen, Marco. Um, but let's start with Hans. You raced there a couple times, uh, fourth and fifth in the Super G. Um. Talk about Aspen, going to Aspen as an Austrian, and what was the feel of that race
2: for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was the first time in Aspen. It was '93, and when we when we flew in, uh, my coach said to me before we land in Aspen, he said to me, "You know, Aspen is a little dangerous, but not just on the race course. So take care of you." <laughs> 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 and I was wondering, and and I said to him, "Why? What do you mean?" Uh, he said, "You will see all the bars <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> when the, the the lifestyle, what's going on there?" And you know, I love Aspen. It's one of the nicest places. This ski resort this crazy town. And uh, yeah. So it was the first time for me to be in the first year of World Cup. I was on the uh, close to the podium, run, uh, rank four, place four. Just 200 behind Taneli at this time in this super G, and I didn't have a spot in downhill. I was not strong enough to be part of the team, but in super G, and so I have really, really good uh, memories about this race course. The At Stake down, I love this hill. It's so steep there, and especially this snow, this North American snow. I love. You need to have feeling in skiing.
0: AJ, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, you could talk about your two wins that were taken aback, but let's start with that course. That course matched you, didn't it? Especially on the top. Talk to take us down the course.
1: Yeah, it did, and this is how much I love Aspen. It's, <laughs> a, it's my home screen. It's his own okay. home I mean, screen. Uh, you know, it's uh, the, you know, not only was it our home race, right? So it was our one chance to race, in, you know, in front of the home fans, the family. Um, and, and so, you know, for that reason alone, it had a really special meaning, but yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that course, you know, matched my style it, you know, the whole top flat section gave me an opportunity to, um, you know, to use my gliding skills to, to, to be fast coming into the top of Aztec with a chance, you know, and, and it wasn't just gliding like the top of Beaver Creek, which is just flat and and really slow. It is, you haul ass up there. I mean, it's fast, it's jumps, you know, you're flying blind. Um, And I love that kind of stuff. You have to trust your inspection, Um, but then you know, man, from the top of Aztec down, I'm not sure there's a course in the world that has as much action. You know, it's action, it's steep, it's you know, airplane turn is so unique. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it was just one I loved. It was just fit my personality perfectly.
3: Wind produces a sophisticated line of ski and snowboard waxes for use by skiers, riders, racers, and shops. The current WEND Snow Wax formulations have come from over 50 years of progressive blend reformulation and on-slope and in-lab testing. This has been in conjunction with the feedback of some of the world's top ski and snowboard athletes. Athletes who know real speed, like Kitzbühel champ, Darren Rolves, and 2019 Birds of Prey GS champion, Tommy Ford. WEND no longer sells any products containing fluorocarbon compounds and instead utilizes natural, plant-derived and or biodegradable additives that substantially increase the overall eco-friendliness of the Wend Snow Wax product line. Give Wend a follow on Instagram at Wend Waxworks and purchase your Wend products at wendperformance.com. And don't forget to use the code ADH20 for 20% off your purchase.
2: It it's hard for Marco that we didn't have a downhill there.
4: I've, okay. I never got to race in Aspen and I think it stopped right before I came on the really? road.
2: But, but AJ, you said the top, of, it was not just flat gliding and that's the no. difficult part of downhill. And I want that we have this, this part of downhill back, you know, this, uh, when it's it's left, then the right end, uh, this rolls in there. That's that, and a lot of speed in there for gliding and jumps. That's what yeah, we that- want to have back.
1: I mean, that's the thing that happened that that whole part of downhill just got phased out, I think, in the 90s with that whole shift with the new equipment and the and the new style of setting courses, you know, this just go, go, go style, like the top of Bormio. I mean, the same thing, the top of Bormio, man, it's like grab a rocket and yeah. hold on, you know, um, <laughs> and that's the kind of thing that that we miss, I think, in in downhill nowadays. And the jumps are being shaved down a little bit. I mean, look at the the mouse falling in kids' field this year was a joke. I yeah. mean, and the finish no, jump was, was a, a joke. joke. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible for the sport. Yeah. But, you know, Aspen, yeah. I think, offers a lot to these guys. I mean, I was there in 17 when they had the World Cup Finals. And I know the men hadn't been back at that point since 2000, uh, since 1995. So it had been 22 years. And so I was really excited to see how the guys who've never skied there before, a lot of them weren't even born when it was raced last time, ask them, how, how do you, what do you think? How do you like it? I mean, yeah, it's short. It's a minute 45. But it's high elevation, so it's 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 tough, right? And they all loved it. I mean, um, yeah. you know, to this day, we we had uh, Dom Paris on on the show uh, last month, and and he loves it. You know, he won the race, and so I'm excited to go back and see again. Now that the whole field will be there, it's not just the finals with twenty guys. Um, I'm excited to see how they like it, and I expect that they will love it, and it'll be fun, and it's going to become, you know, hopefully, it's going to become a, a regular stop on the tour again.
2: Yeah that that's what i'm dreaming about because we need to have places like aspen back in this is in the calendar you know yeah and the schedule so that's for sure
1: yeah it's it costs so much money to to prepare a downhill early in the season when you don't have natural snow to deal with i mean i know beaver creek it costs that's them a right. lot of money to hold that race and look at i love beaver creek that's a, another great race that i would hate to see leave the calendar but yeah scheduling is is always difficult uh uh zermatt was a great example there's just no way zermatt was going to happen last year with this with the pre-season winter that was happening uh so yeah that's a that is a difficult question it's a difficult problem to fix that how how do we hold the best races on the best courses at the right time of year and you know yeah. how, do we, yeah, do we yeah, do make right a yeah. five-month season or do we make it three I, you know it's it's tough but it's so much fun when we get a good race you know Bormio this year i thought was was fantastic you know it was so tough for the guys it's just how you want Bormio to be um but you know you yeah. asked about the u.s holding two i mean italy's got two Bormio and valgardena um i think it's possible especially with with uh lake louise going away you know we have to have more races in north america yeah that's right yeah now, all the
2: all the athletes they want to, to ski over there because. It's a huge, huge sport in the U.S. and in Canada. So we need to have races there. That's for sure. And also for the junior program behind for the Canadian team, for the U.S. team, it's very, very good if in the same country, if if they organize and do some World Cups, maybe they make some norms before or later. That's what they do in Kitzbühel and in Wengen now. It's, it seems good for me because uh, then the young skiers also get used to it. that they, they know the next step up to the the World Cup, the next level that they see it really early, that would be also good, like in Aspen or in Beaver Creek.
0: I want to talk about maybe your best uh, memory in Aspen or just something that stands out. I have to share this. that uh, So I raced uh, from 81 to 88. I raced um, with Peter Mueller. And Peter Mueller was universally hated, which was awesome because it was just a, something we could all rally around. So Peter Mueller was down at the bottom of 1A or whatever at the bottom of the finish where that, that lift is. And he was being classic Peter Mueller. He was bumping through. And so he cut the line to get onto the chairlift and push these tourists over. And you know, Peter just usually got his way, but the the lifty from Aspen stood up to Peter Mueller and punched him in the head and knocked him over. And you know, Peter had that weird helmet, which was like tin foil. but the whole place cheered for this lifty who just punched Peter Mueller and and put him down on his back. It was fantastic. so poor Peter. Uh, <laughs> we love we love the Europeans coming to Aspen, but play by the rules, especially Peter Mueller, but it was it was just something I'll never forget. Um, and I have so many but, great uh, memories
2: of Aspen. that was my duck, first World Cup. Duck. We we also had some problems with the rules in Aspen. Yeah. <laughs> the Austrian team. <theme. laughs> yeah, maybe you can tell Europe. that story, Hans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schiffer and Meyer, <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> ah, the, let the, me the hear Europeans. it. Ah, yeah, yeah, they The Re- Europeans, they don't know how to handle after 10 beers. Uh, the life in aspen <laughs> they they went back home with the bicycle at this time but the bicycle was not his they were stolen <laughs> uh oh uh oh yeah
0: did they end up in jail i hope
2: uh yeah for a while yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: doug lewis here if you are a u12 u14 or u16 elite team fitness camps are for you this is not your average fitness camp as we teach the vital skills of sports psychology and sports nutrition along with tough challenging workouts you will leave camp with more power strength and agility with a deeper understanding about nutrition and with the mental skills of confidence focus and pushing limits which will take you to the next level Over our 30 years, we have coached Olympic champions, World Cup stars, NCAA champions, including USK teamers Michaela Schifrin, Lauren Masuga, Alice Meriwether, Jimmy Krupka, Grace Henderson, and Sammy Worthington. And finally, although we push our limits to the edge, we have a ton of fun. We are holding two week-long sessions this July at the Killington Mountain School. Find all the info at EliteTeam.com.
1: Lou, you were asking me about my favorite, my favorite memory in Aspen and, and, you know, I've got a lot of them, but as a ski racer, you, you know, you're, you're there to win. And, you know, my favorite by far, it was standing on the podium in Aspen, uh you know, getting the, getting the trophy, spraying the champagne. And then, you know, they gave me the microphone and this was right in the beginning of prize money. And so, um, you know, the this, the workers you know as as we know in america ski racing doesn't happen without volunteers right especially we're seeing it in tahoe right now trying to prep that hill fighting mother nature and the uh, the workers in aspen always like took a lot of pride in preparing that hill and i just had a great moment you know being able to thank them they were all in the crowd they all you know they're all ski fans too and just just the opportunity to appreciate the volunteers and thank them for everything that they did to help us get that race off um that was to me that was a, one of the most gratifying moments and um most of them ended up over at shlomo's which was the, the the bar at the bottom of the gondola at the time it's a different one now but um i opened the tab up there for for a couple of hours for the, the course workers so that was a ton of fun that was my favorite moment
2: yeah it, it, it's good i mean if you if you're on the podium in aspen it must be a great feeling afterwards if you go out there huh
1: yeah oh, if you make a party that's like yeah.
2: like is the same like like kids pool the londoner or where you go afterward
1: i think and... i burnt my whole prize money check at the, at shlomo's that afternoon but <laughs> it's
4: okay it was worth it <laughs> but after i retired 2017 i came back and for the the world cup finals and it was terrifying because i was like a year of powder skiing you know that <laughs> year i hadn't put on my downhill skis for a year and Got onto those top flats like AJ was talking about. I was just flying, going on those jumps. I was just like, "Oh, I'm
2: going fast!" <laughs> and it was <laughs> it was uh, not pretty, but
4: that course <laughs> is, is really cool. I I I,
2: uh, I remember that the first time it was my third Super Gene World Cup. I had this spot uh, with number around forty, and I was on the start and jumped into my skis. And then the serviceman said, Hey, look, there is something broken. And so one screw were broken. So the binding it was not straight on the ski, it was a little to the left. And I said, Oh my gosh, shit, what what we should do now? And he came to me and hit hit my boot with his ski boot, and then it was straight, and he said, It will be okay. <laughs> Go <laughs> and, and and that's the way I start out there, and and I had oh. I had really no I was not not really focused. I just skied, and then I had the best results. So it was for me sure that I, I didn't have time to to think something uh, to be nervous or think something something other things, you know, sometimes stupid things. I was just concentrated if the binding is holding or not. And then I, I came to the finish and I was on the fourth position with number forty around, you know. And sometimes I'm thinking about, that maybe I would also need later on often a problem on the start to be fast <laughs> enough.
0: <laughs> hey, Doug Lewis here, and I want to talk about the American Downhiller Speed Camp. American Downhiller is the leader in teaching young ski racers how to go fast and have fun. 2023 will mark the sixth annual American Downhiller Speed Skills Camp in Mammoth Mountain. Our speed camp is coached exclusively by current and former World Cup racers and coaches who are passionate about helping the next generation of athletes achieve their dreams. We specifically focus on aerodynamics, jumping technique, speed tactics, and the mental training required to safely navigate Super G and downhill race courses. If you are a ski racer who wants to go fast, check out our website, americandownhiller.com for all specific camp dates. Um, well, let's get to some picks for Aspen. Aspen, very much a tale of two downhills, the top, fast, gliding, airtime, uh, feel. And then you get to Aztec, and the world drops out from under you. It's all about edge angle. It's about clean skiing. And it just, it, it stacks up on you very well. So is, um, it's does it favor the glider? Does it favor the turner? Um, what are your thoughts on on what kind of skier wins this wins this race is it old style like aj or is it oderman uh,
2: i mean odermatt he can do everything that's the good thing because we saw it one year ago in Vengen he's also really really fast in gliding and with his Steckly skis they are mostly really perfect for birth so he's there is no place on a downhill where he's not fast and that's why he's the, the leader at the moment but uh, for she for sure that's the good thing and husband you need to have from everything a little bit now because I think also the the, the upper part uh where normally is mostly gliding and stuff they prepare the races now it's my mind so that that you have to work also on the upper part a lot it's maybe turnier than the than 20 years ago you know so it's for sure you know you need to be in every different uh, kind of skiing, uh, racing—you need to be good. Otherwise, it's no chance to win Aspen, and that's good on this downhill. Yeah,
4: I think it's a course like Hansi said—you got to be good and everything for sure. Favors the uh, Odermat and Kilde, who have been really doing great all year. But I think also these later season races, you tend to see some surprises because maybe the you know the the top dogs are getting a little bit worn down from racing so much and so much pressure and. I think you always see some of those guys who have been sacked in 10 to 20 all year. They could maybe throw it in there and, and buy for the win. So maybe we'll be surprised.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, honor Darren because he's not here. And I'm going to pick like 10 people to be in the top three just to make <laughs> sure that I get it right. Um, but I think, you know, you can't count out Kilda and you can't count out Odermat, So we don't even need to talk about those guys anymore because they're probably going to be there. Um, but I, I really like Crawford. Okay. I mean, he's on it right now. Um, this is, I think this course is perfect for him. I also really like this course for, you know, the Americans, uh, Arvidsson and Negomir. I, I, you know, these guys are going to be feeling good on home snow, feeling comfortable. And frankly, Hans mentioned it, the snow in North America is a little bit different. And I think these guys are going to just feel good with what they're feeling under their feet. And then, um, you know, the last one I'll throw in here is going to be Dom Paris, he won this race in 17, so he's coming back to good feelings, and I just like this course for him.
2: AJ, that's perfect, what you said with the snow, because uh, one is for sure, Kilda, can be fast on every every snow, but if, like Odamat if it's really cold to an Aspen and the North American snow, then it's it's odomat, it's perfect for him. And if it's the spring spring uh, springtime snow, this uh, the corny snow, if it's get frozen in the morning and really fast snow, then maybe he's killed a little bit in the in the in the lead or uh, if you say before before the race, or like Griechmeier, the Austrian, you have seen uh, the, the world championship in downhill. Last year, he won this downhill in the springtime. It was different the snow to this year. We had cold snow over there. Little the North American snow, so he had no chance on this exactly same downhill. Same mm-hmm. skis, same good physical condition, everything. But that that's what's crazy now. It's getting so fine, this sport, that you can see that some guys love this uh, spring snow and some guys love this North American snow. I prefer the North American snow because there you need feeling. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree, the
4: North American snow. I want, Since we're talking about the athletes, Hans, I want to ask you about uh, Marco Schwartz. He's had like an amazing season to me to have some good results in downhill and <laughs> and all across the board. Has, has that been a big story in Austria?
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that was uh, maybe the, the most lucky thing about the world championship, the most thing we talk positive about this because he showed that he's at the moment maybe – the only skier in the world who can be in top five in a downhill and also in a slalom. You know, Odomat can win all three disciplines up from giant slalom. Uh, Bernd Thierow in his past time, he, he showed that he can be, make some points in downhill, but not in the big top, top five and win a slalom. But uh, Marco Schwarz, is at the moment uh, in the best form in his life and he really can be he could be in top three, maybe also in a downhill and top three in a, in a slalom. And that's crazy. And the, the other way is now he's 26 years or 27. He had an injury two years ago, cross ligament, And I'm sometimes wondering if he would be a Norwegian skier. That's for sure that he would ski three, four years ago in the World Cup, also downhill, super G, And... Now, that's the problem from the Austrian team. You have to be really good in one discipline. He was in slalom and then in giant slalom. And now he's coming back to ski speed events. He was at the Junior World Championship, one of the best in speed events. And that's a problem, a little problem of the Austrian team that we lose guys like this who can win the overall World Cup. The most of them we lose. Uh, if they come from Europa Cup junior team to the World Cup team and it's, the good thing is that he shows that we have guys like this you know
1: has Austria had a, a four event skier since Gunther Mader who am I missing uh,
2: yeah yeah we had some of them uh, but he's he's I mean you know f- that was Hermann Meyer, He won three disciplines. It was not overall. Then he started the in, in a slalom. He was eight in a slalom, but he didn't train slalom. So that was crazy. That yeah. was just because yeah. he was in, a, in in the best shape of his life. And But he wasn't a slalom skier. But now it's getting really, really tough. There is another guy. It called Rafael Hauser. I yeah. saw that he was in combined, uh, the bronze medalist. And he skied slalom. It was amazing in this really steep, difficult slalom. So you can see we have these guys, but sometimes I have the feeling we we don't use them for mm-hmm. being a four-discipline skier. You know, yeah. But and I mean, is I the hope. last
1: one. Excuse me, Modder's the last one that's won in every discipline, right? Didn't Mater win that's a recent right. yep. discipline? Yep. And, and won, so, uh, yeah, and so maybe the Austrians and, aren't nurturing those those yeah. athletes in all disciplines.
2: Yeah, that would be that would be a dream to have uh in the world cup uh, a guy again who can win four disciplines like last cheese they
1: yeah
2: that's I mean <clears throat> but it's a lot of work and I don't know if it works anymore a bit a, a bit change we have in the in the last in the past fifteen years. So well, it's really Schifrin,
1: I mean shifrin <clears throat> does oh, it but she yeah. she's very careful about picking the speed events that she races and because of the time it takes that's so right. It's yeah. the way to do it.
2: I, I mean She's she's amazing. I love I love, I love, I love to watch to watch. her skiing. You know, if if kids ask how I should ski, then normally you have to say, watch Michaela.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's very always balanced.
2: always in the middle, you know. Mm-hmm. And she wins the races not because she has the biggest upper legs or something, she wins the race because
1: she's the best technical skier ever. She knows how to let the skis run too, and like speed. Well, I mean, I love the way and, her and that's, skis.
2: AJ, that's the right thing you said. She she knows the way. I'll let the skis go, and that's what Marco Schwartz knows. He is the best in let the skis go. You know, yeah. that's my mind.
0: Uh, Marco, we're waiting for your picks. I guess it's hard because AJ said
1: the whole roster, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm just doing the Darren. I'm just doing my best, Darren.
4: <laughs> I'll go. I'll go uh, some random ones here because it is later in the year and. I think Kilday, well, this isn't random. I think Kilde will go for the win. Since we're talking about Marco Schwartz, put Austrian on the podium with Marco. And yeah. Travis Ganong might be his last downhill in the U.S. with his impending retirement. And We skied a bunch of powder yesterday. I think he's feeling good. So put him on, on <laughs> <Yes>. third place.
0: <laughs> awesome. I'll end, but I have to. I'll end, but I have I- for some reason, I like Hemmetsberger. Hans, can you give me a little rundown on Hemmetsberger?
2: Yeah, I mean, my brother Franz, he's his serviceman, his ski technician serviceman. And, you know, Hemmetsberger, he's now, he's 32 years old and is uh, he had four ligament operations on, on his knee. And like in Kitzbühel this year, he jumped too far after the Hausberg kant so the drawers, and then he even couldn't walk after the race, but he started the next day. So he's a really hard fighting guy. His physical, it's, it's amazing. And he's, he's really uh, a tough worker and a funny guy. And that's, he, his, he made his own way to be on this World Cup tour because years ago, as I know, five or six years ago, we know that that he was pretty fast in Europa Cup. He didn't get the chance to, to ski World Cup and because he was always injured. <laughs> and and then when he came to Bormio, he was amazing. i sometimes at this before this, this all these injuries, he came, he had no fear, you know. And he skied this way, and maybe that, that was sometimes the problem. And now, now he's getting smarter and smarter in ski racing and a, he works really hard to be to be in this place in the Austrian team, man. I'm so happy for him that that he's now part of the best downhills in the world.
0: All right, so mine. Uh, I'm going to go kill day. I love Crawford, so I'm cheating off of, of AJ um, Paris. Uh, I think he's a true downhiller, one of the last, and and this he can really rip. Um, Ganong. I think Ganong has the power and the feel. For, for going out on style and maybe he's going to want to end uh stay you know making Kitzbühel and Aspen his awesomeness and I'm going to throw Hammitsburger in there even though he's got you know duct tape and Band-Aids putting himself together I guess
2: that, that would yeah. be also a dream if we would have Johann Claret on on once uh, in yeah. his life he should win a race there we and, go. I mean if it would Aspen it would be a dream in his life I'm oh. I'm really cheering for Johann Claret. He's 42 years old, and
1: that's cool. I think we can all agree that that we would we would all love to see that guy on the podium this week. So Absolutely. that's great. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for listening and watching to our American Downhill podcast. Special thanks to the legendary Hans Knaus for joining us from Austria, where they need some snow. He is a true champion who continues to feed his hunger for speed on the World Cup tour as the crazy camera guy please spread the word about our podcast share with your friends coaches and teammates and thanks to our american downhiller sponsors adl ski club Wend wax elite team fitness programs and american downhiller camps stay tuned for more american downhiller podcasts tackling development what it's like to crash
1: and the world cup finals for aj darren marco and hans thanks for listening